Thanks for joining us for this special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. In today's update, Pastor J.D. is going to make you question what you think you know about the rapture and the return of Christ. Nobody knows the day or time in which God is going to return, but it's important to keep looking towards that time. You can be prepared and excited for the return of Jesus without being scared. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on July 16th, 2023. What I want to talk to you about today for the update is how that people are revved up. I use that word for a reason concerning the upcoming pre-tribulation rapture high watch time this year in 2023. And this on two fronts, the first of which are those who understandably are super excited about the possibility of it actually happening this year at the appointed time, with which some disagree. And secondly, conversely, on the other side of this rapture table are those who sadly are ridiculing of and condescending towards anyone who dares to get excited quickly labeling them as date-setters. Wait a minute. I, I'm just looking for the Lord's return. I'm excited about the Lord's return. I'm longing for the Lord's return. I want the Lord to return, like yesterday. And isn't it sad that we live in a day where a pastor dare not say anything like that which I just said? Because instantly, automatically, by default, now I'm a date setter. Do you hear what Pastor J.D. said? There he goes again. He's predicting that the rapture is going to happen this year. No, I'm not. I want the rapture to happen this year. Leave me alone. We're off to a good start, yeah. May I just humbly suggest we all calm down and keep looking up, knowing, as Jesus said, that our redemption draws near. Please know that I in no way wish to pour water on the fire of this heated issue, and a heated issue it is. 
nor do I wish to put another log on the fire either. Rather, I only wish to make an appeal for calmer minds to prevail and do so by getting back to basics, back to the Bible. And what the Bible tells us in this regard. And by the way, it's not necessarily what one might think. I have just a, a sampling of some of these basic Bible prophecies that we can fall back on, that maybe we need to get back to as a foundation upon which to build upon this debate, this discussion concerning the pre-tribulation rapture and its nearness. And I'll take it further and say the potential for it actually happening this year. The first one is that Jesus Himself exhorts us to keep looking up for His soon return. This is the well-known verse in Luke 21, 28, Jesus speaking, says, Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads. And here's why, because your redemption draws near. Notice that you're going to see things begin to come to pass. And these will be markers, signposts, if you prefer, that we can look to as signs that we're to look up. And we're to look up because He's coming, and our redemption draws near. Before I go to the second one, don't let anyone, oh, how do I say this, talk down to you, or lay a or make you feel badly for looking up for the soon return of Jesus Christ in the rapture of the church. Don't let them intimidate you. Don't let them talk down to you. You're standing on the right side of this. You're standing on solid ground and sound doctrine. This is what Jesus said to do. Just tell them, I'm doing what Jesus said. What are you looking at? Oh, I'm looking up. Why are you doing that? Jesus said to look up. That's why I'm looking up. So the next time you're at a crosswalk, have you ever done this? You know where we're going with this, right? This one person starts looking up. Everybody's like, what are you looking at? Uh, Jesus said to look up because He's coming. So I'm just looking up because He's coming. Number two, a crown awaits those who are longing, aching, yearning, watching, waiting for the rapture. Listen to the Apostle Paul. These are the final words that he penned to Timothy in his second letter, recorded chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. He knows that his days are numbered, and they are. And he says to Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, past tense. I have kept the faith, 
past tense. Now, there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And then he says this, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for His, and I want you to pay particular attention to this word, it's going to come up again, appearing. Not coming, appearing. That's the rapture. You know what Paul's saying here? He's saying, hey, hey, I got a crown. Oh, I can't wait. But this crown of righteousness that awaits me on that day, it awaits you too, those of you who long for the rapture to happen. So again, may I just say to you, don't let anyone talk down to you because you're excited about the rapture, longing for the rapture, wanting the rapture to happen. Again, you're on solid ground. This is sound doctrine. This is biblical. This is what we're encouraged to do. And it's not just because we want that crown, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. We want the Lord. It's not that we want what the Lord's going to give us, the gift, the crown. We want the giver. We long for the giver. We long for the Savior in His appearing. Number three, we've talked about this, scoffers of those of us who long for the rapture, it's going to continue to get worse. It will continue, I'll use the word revving up again. It's going to continue to increase. And this is what Peter says in his second epistle, chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. First of all, you must understand that in the last days scoffers will come. And what do scoffers do? Scoff. Scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires, which is very telling in and of itself. And, and here's what they're going to say to you. They will say, <laughs> ridiculing, scoffing, mocking you. Where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Oh, really? So let me see if I got this straight. Don't you just love it when the pastor has an argument with himself behind the pulpit? Well, just bear with me and indulge me. Let me see if I got this straight. So you're telling me that just because it hasn't happened, it's not going to happen? Oh yeah, that makes sense. And not only are you telling me that just because it hasn't happened and it's not going to happen because it hasn't happened, you're mocking me and ridiculing me and belittling me because I still believe that it's going to happen. How about that? Maybe I shouldn't have taken so much time off. I don't know. 
In other words, the closer we get, the more scoffers are going to scoff. So they're going to say this to you, and worse, and they do. I mean, I tell you, some of the vile vitriol posted on social media today. I, I, I've shared this with you. The only way I've been able to, in any way, maintain a level of calm is to realize and remember and that that's on them. They posted that. So they're going to answer for that. I think we would do well to examine our own lives and our own social media posts, and because that's on us, what we post, what we say, every word. But the scoffers are increasing, and it's actually more evidence, like we need more evidence, forensic evidence, making the case that the rapture is at any time, by virtue of the fact that these scoffers are increasing as we near the end. Number four, we're told, and this is very important, that we can see the day approaching. Oh, come on, wait, 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 wait. There I go again, arguing with myself. No man knows the day or the hour. Be careful with that. Be careful with that. I think that has sadly, regrettably, unfortunately, been abused and misused. It's a Hebrew idiom. And truth be made known, it ties into a Moad, appointed time, Moad in my native tongue of Arabic, and the same word in the Hebrew, the time appointed, the appointed time that points to that time. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25, we have referred to this for what I think would be deemed obvious reasons in light of the events of the last three years. But the writer of Hebrews says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the key word assembling of ourselves together, not gathering. I use the illustration, I'll be brief. I can take my watch, which by the way, this is a Timex that I wear. So I can take this watch and all the parts and I can just gather all the parts together, put it right here. It's not, it's not a watch. It's not functional. It's not operational. It's of no use. It's inconsequential. It has to be assembled. See, we're all different parts of the same body assembled together. We all have our own roles and purposes and functions. And when a healthy body is assembled correctly and functioning correctly, what is the result? The result is a stirring up of love and good works. That only comes when all of the parts of the body are assembled and working and functioning together. We use the word dysfunctional. 
that came from a dysfunctional family. I have yet to meet anyone who did not come from a dysfunctional family. So in the context of this not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the matter of some, meaning that there were those who were at that time forsaking the assembling of themselves together, and they were just watching the live stream. No, they weren't. Don't. That's okay, because you can't assemble with us. We would love it if you could. But they just forsook the assembly to their own peril at great cost. Because see, what was lost and the cost was now there's no exhorting one another. See, sometimes more ministry takes place not between pulpit and pew, but between you and you where God has a word fitly spoken for you that he wants to speak to you through that brother or sister in Christ that is assembled together with you in the assembling of the saints, within the functioning of a church body. The church is not an organization, it is an organism, a living organism. Now, Why does the writer of Hebrews go to such lengths to exhort us to consider one another in this regard? What what is he emphasizing? Do you sense the urgency in this passage? Do you know what the urgency is? The urgency is so much the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, (laughs) we can see the day approaching. As you see the day approaching means we can see the day approaching. Isn't that deeply profound? Why would the writer of Hebrews say that this is even more important, infinitely more important, that you do this, exhort one another, stir one another up? It's so important now more than ever as you see the day approaching. Do you see the day approaching? I do. Yeah, we don't know the day or the hour. No, but we can see it approaching. Number five, I'm not angry. Jesus likens his return to the beginning of birth pains. This is, of course, well known. It's in response to the questions, plural, the disciples asked concerning the signs of the end of the age, and when will these things happen, and when will you come, and what will the world look like, and What are we to be looking for? And so Jesus answers the question, verse 4, first thing, to be looking out for, watching out for. You ready for it? Wait for it. That no one deceives you. Oh, number one sign that the time of the end is here, not near here, and that the day that we can see approaching is approaching, is deception on a scale unknown to man in human history, the likes of which we've never seen before. Number one, 
He continues, For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Verse 6, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, better translated, threats of wars. But see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And then in verse 8, he likens all of the above to the beginning, key word of birth pains. What do we know to be true about birth pains? They come in greater frequency and intensity. So Jesus is likening his return to a baby being born. I learned so much, more than any husband should know, about the birthing process over the years. But you know, when, when the, the, the birthing mother is dilated to 10, that is, is that TMI? The babies are coming. Now, now think this through with me. Jesus, and you'll forgive the silliness with which I illustrate this, but could you imagine once the birth pains begin, you can't push the pause button. Could you imagine the doctor coming into the birthing room going, you know, I've got a very important appointment and staff meeting I've got to tend to. I know the birth pains have started. We just need to hold off until I can, I can get. You can go, but that baby coming. Because once they start and increase in frequency and intensity, there's no stopping it. That baby is coming. And that's what Jesus is saying. Once it starts, there's no stopping it, there's no pausing it. It's going to be more frequent, more intense. All of these things that I'm listing here, they will be like those birth pains. But when it reaches 10, I think we're 9.9999999. The baby's coming. Number six. God doesn't want to scare us. God wants to prepare us. You know, this is one of the main reasons that you'd be hard pressed to find a pastor teach on Bible prophecy. Well, I don't want to scare the people. Oh, well, first of all, you're wrong on two levels. Number one, Bible prophecy may scare them out of hell into heaven. I'd rather scare you into heaven than flatter you into hell. I'm sorry for saying it like this. You'll forgive me. You have to forgive me. But maybe someone needs to have the hell scared out of them. Scared the hell out of me. Good. Are you saved? But that's not the purpose of Bible prophecy chiefly. What is the purpose of Bible prophecy chiefly? It's not to scare us, it's to prepare us. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you've heard today may have encouraged you in your faith, and at times it may have brought up more questions that you would like answered. If you're wanting to get in touch with us, go to jdfarag.org. 
and find the contact link at the bottom of the page. That's J-D-F-A-R-A-G dot O-R-G. There, you can let us know some of the questions you might have, and we'll get back to you and try to answer those questions as best we can. While you're on our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If what Pastor J.D. shared today has you really confused about what it means to know Jesus and life beyond this life, there's a resource for you that might be helpful. At jdfarag.org, find the ABCs tab. This will walk you through what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus and what that means for you going forward. Once again, our website is jdfarag.org. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Just scroll to the bottom and click on Calvary. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Thanks for listening in to the Prophecy Update for today. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. The Bible and its prophecies are not to be taken lightly. And so we'll keep digging in on In Spirit and Truth.